Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Never Open Podcast, the podcast open to everyone. I don't have any uh, exclusions or any air exceptions or anything like that this week. I guess I could make a jab and go, uh, I don't know, especially the Cody belt or something, but <laughs> <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll save that for later. But yes, we, this is an Ever Open Podcast. We are a New Japan Pro Wrestling Podcast. We will say naughty words, so just be aware of that. And uh, I am your host, uh, Luke, and with me as always is my co-host, Mr. Andy, or Mr. Guy. Say hello, Mr. Andy Guy. Hello, Mr. Andy Guy, and hello, Luke, and of course, hello to our listeners, and hello to all of you who like or don't like the new uh, IWGP Heavyweight Championship uh, of the World thingy belt. You know, um, that's going to be some fun stuff to talk about. Luke, this is going to be a little different show because... It's going to be wrestling light until we get to the end, and then it's going to be wrestling heavy. So, Yeah, we've got, what, two Road 2 shows to cover, so, you know, it'd be uh, kind of a nice, easy breezy run through of those, and then uh, <clears throat> probably do a really deep dive on two, our two recommends this week, <laughs> uh, especially one of them, which deserves a bit more... Uh, attention than the other which is uh, well of course your recommend of course but uh, yeah I think they'll a couple of really good recommends uh, I've been playing around with one of the uh, search functions at uh, New Japan world to uh, find other matches and stuff so that'll tie into my recommend for Sweet. the end of the show and uh, so it was nice and easy to find and all that and I'm kicking myself for not using this function earlier I used it last week to find this, uh, my recommend for this week, which we'll talk about at the end of the show. But <clears throat> there are ways people can contact us, and people did. Yeah, Those they did. ways, yeah, you can follow us on the Tweety, uh, at NeverOpenPod. Uh, I'm at Grumpy2EB, and Mr. Andy is at Tweets. Or if you want to send your voice to us or uh, a long email or whatever, you can do that at neveropenpod at gmail.com. So there's all the ways you can contact us. And uh, all right. So uh, what should we what should we start with, Mr. Andy? Well, you want to get into these emails? I mean, I think that'll lead to the news stuff. I mean, you know, and then we got uh, we got Kojima tweet. We got, uh, you know, nice. all kinds of stuff. I got some educational information about uh, uh, Japanese culture, and we got all kinds of stuff today. It's awesome. Hell yeah, we do. All right, so we've had this uh, voicemail in our inbox for a while. Yeah. So should we play play that one first? Yeah, let's go. This is from Dave Howard. Let's hear it right now. Mr. Guy, Grumptastic, real quick this week. No, I'm not in the truck. But uh, this Brab Escape that you been talking about it's nothing new if you guys did your uh, video game wrestling homework you would know that it is as early as virtual pro wrestling known here in the states as uh, wcw versus nwo world tour that escape was in there all the way back in the 90s this ain't anything new boys keep up the great work love the show <laughs> So what he's talking about is that 
a couple times this week or last week or whatever during the uh, uh, New Japan Cup shows, there was this uh, brab, which we call the Boston Crab a brab. And uh, due to typos, I think is why we got that. But that's a great name. Yep. And uh, we this is the hilarious escape where a dude's in a brab and then the guy giving it just flips over and does just a forward roll, you know, forward front bump and lands on his back. And it appears as if the person who was in the brab has the strongest legs of anyone ever. And I had not seen that before. Or if I had, I never noticed. And it happened twice in two matches with two different people. I can vaguely remember what he's talking about. I love those old wrestling video games. I don't play wrestling games that much anymore. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, he So he was, what, WCW, NWO, Revenge. That was that was a great one. The ones on the 64 were my favorite, those two games. The, the, the WCW one and uh, WWF, No Mercy. Yeah, No Mercy is the one that everyone says is the best. I've never played a lot of them. Um, I uh, actually appeared once on a podcast called The Wrestle Special. And we had an episode, me and my buddy Travis, called Wrestling is Nintendo, where we just talked about uh, wrestling video games. And, um, you know, I said that on this, on that episode, and I'll say it here. I The only time I ever played wrestling video games, other than attempting to walk, to play Weasel, uh, Weasel 3, was, um, <laughs> which is WWE <laughs> 2K, which is the fucking worst game ever. I don't care what year it is. But um, is I would play the, like, NWO Revenge, I think is what it's called. It was on, it was, I, I feel like it was on, yeah, it was on 64, and um, it was, but the reason I would play it is because I was waiting to make a purchase, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, at my friend's house. And he always wanted to play that. And so it was the kind of thing where uh, I had to play this game with them in order to, you know, get out of there. And so I could indulge in my, my purchase, you know, but um, God, that dude was annoying. So he made me hate that game and I would always lose to him on purpose so I could get the fuck out of there. And what, so <laughs> what, uh. Dave Howard is saying is uh, the developers of that game are wrestling move kind of trendsetters. <laughs> 20 years down the road. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, who did those kick out of the Brad moves? I know Evil did one. I can't remember who did the other one. So those two wrestlers must have been playing the 64 and were like, holy shit. Yep. No one's using this. We better we better pull this out. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We're all in trouble <laughs> if that's the case. But anyway. yeah. Oh, man. Well, you got an email too, right? I wonder how many wrestlers thought of moves that they could do in the ring just by making a creative wrestler. Oh, that's definitely happened. Man, I just came up with a move that I pitched to my buddy. I pitch moves to my wrestling buddies all the time, and I always try to make them as dangerous as possible just so they'll <laughs> It's because they're like, what the fuck? And I was trying to talk Lexus Montez. He has a big match coming up with this guy named Jordan Oliver. And I, he, I was trying to pitch him to do a springboard calf kick, which is tough. And uh, in the corner on a guy who is jumping into the ring over the ropes. And he's like, yeah, not doing the springboard. <laughs> like, fuck you, dude. Come on. You won't risk your life so that I'm happy. What kind of friend are you, you know? What a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, and we did get uh, an email. So <clears throat> the email is going to pretty much uh, dovetail into the major news 
that we have. And the, the major news, if everyone's been living under a rock, is the new IWGP World Heavyweight title has been revealed. And it has a very mixed response on Twitter. Actually, mixed implies that I'd seen tweets of people who like it. Just one. Uh, just one person likes yeah. it. <laughs> Uh, all right, so I'm going. I'll read the email first, and then we can then we'll talk about it. So all this right. is by uh, by uh, based Cole. That's his Tweety handle. I won't read his full name, but yeah, dear LSJ and Mister Guy, the belt is fine. I would have liked for it to be like three or four times the size. The bigger the belt, the better, as far as I'm concerned. I was really hoping they'd weld them together and do a montage of God learning how to weld and doing it himself at a press conference with no protective eyewear. Raise hell, raise Dale, base coal. <laughs> I like that idea. That's way better than Apushi's idea. So. Man, you could even have him like do one section where he's, see, this is what I, I, I would have done. I would have been like, I would have... Uh, cut the two titles in half and then welded them together. Ooh, there you go. Well, I was kind of hoping, like, I know they had all the jewels and all this kind of other shit in the belt, and uh, they explain what all the different jewels and all that kind of stuff means. But I'm just like, eh, I would have made, like, half that strap white and half of it black. Ooh. Okay. So. Well, are but we... What I will... Yeah, we can talk about the title, but I'm, I'll just say this, Mr. Andy. I don't hate it. Like, I guess I'm weird because, like, I see that belt. And I'm like, I don't hate that belt. I just hate what it stands for and because I'm not against, like, updating the title or anything like that. But I don't like the unification. So, yeah, that's where I sit on it. <laughs> Belt's fine. Like, I, I – I, it's, it's okay. It's fine. I'll get used to it, but – I've been loving all the kind of jokes and shit that I've seen flying around, especially when I woke up this morning, Mr. Andy, and you sent me a photo, which was that new title, but you've just uh, stamped the Never Open logo on top of it. <laughs> and then uh, I think Octopus Mask put one with a cat on the front saying Hiromu. it's uh, Hiromu 2021. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, the, the memes have been very fun. Um, my thoughts on the appearance of it, I wish it looked more like a crown, because I think it's like they were like, yeah, it's like a crown, but it's not. It's like a diva's belt. That's what it looks like, and uh, except it's gold. And it just kind of it looks weird uh, to me. I like because like the second the second IWGP Heavyweight Championship was like a crown. That's what it looked like, and it was real cool. It had like kind of spikes that almost looked like a little castle, and that that was pretty cool. Like almost like a cat would be attacking it or something like that. But um, I I just. I don't care about belts and what they look like that much. Um, when one strikes me, I go, oh, like the Never Championship, for example, I think is a very pretty belt, and I really like that. But I don't ever, like, think to myself, oh, well, that belt, the way it looks, means it, it means it doesn't mean anything. However, my take on this whole thing is this, all right? First of all, don't care what the belt looks like, like I said. And I'm going to try to be positive here because I hate the fact, obviously, that we're erasing the lineage, but I'll let you go off about that. Um, but I like the fact 
that we're, we have less belts now because I am always in favor of less belts. I think that New Japan in particular has got went belt crazy a couple years ago and they just started introducing belts right and left and it, it was just too much. And so I, I think that this will make the United States Championship eventually mean more and I think this will make the Never Championship mean more and it may even, I mean not to me, but to someone out there, it might make those six-man belts mean just a little more. Maybe. It's funny to me because you've got, you know, New Japan's gone belt crazy and there's kind of like belts for everyone to at least have a belt at least once. And in all that time, Yoshihashi's only ever gotten one belt and it's still the lowest rung belt. In the... <clears throat> Dude, they were trying to really sell this new title. Like I'm on the Tweety and I understand, like I'm I'm not, an, I wasn't annoyed, like I wasn't going to respond to him with snark or anything like that. It's his job, man. Like <clears throat> Chris Charlton on the Tweety is just going overboard, just trying to, just to, just to sell the idea of this new title. And that's his job, man. Kudos to him. He's got to do that. Like that's fine. And Hey, he might actually like it. So that there's that too. So that's fine. But look, I see all this stuff. Like they're really trying to push the legacy and evolution portion of this and i can see what they're doing i can understand it i just don't agree that that's what's going to happen and here, here's here's why all right so they i guess we'll probably skip the intro of uh, night two because we've talked talk about it now but abushi comes out he hands the belts over they unveil the new belt but before they un do, unveil the new belt, they show us all the uh, IWGP heavyweight champions. Yeah. Then they show us uh, all the IWGP intercontinental champions yeah. and how both of them all lead to Ibushi because he's the final holder of both belts. And it's uh, legacy and evolution. And then I go to the schedule. I click on se Secure Genesis and it's first defense. Yeah, gross. I'm like, but I thought it would be like he's – what fourth defense for one and that no oh oh but it's a new title so make up your mind is it a new title that you, you're trying to or is it a legacy i don't feel the legacy vibes from it at all uh what i feel from it is look put it this way mr andy i don't know i know for a fact antonio noki was champion before the iwgp heavyweight title i know that but apart from him I don't know anyone who held the belt before the IWG title, uh, a heavyweight title. I don't know anyone who held the previous version of those belts. Don't know a, from Anoki, right? So in what, 10, 20 years? Who's going to really remember who held the IWGP heavyweight title or whatever? It's all going to be about the uh, world heavyweight title and who's held that, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, uh, I don't buy this whole legacy malarkey for for a second. It's it's going to have the opposite effect. Over time, do you reckon they're going to play those two intros to the two titles every no. time there's going to be a fucking title match? No. New music. They might do it for the first few, few times, and then what they're going to do then is just not even do that and just go... Uh, it's a world heavyweight title match. Once they've got enough people who have held that title, you watch them stop 
uh, showing the legacies of both the, the previous belts, man. They're going to phase that out, which means the legacies are gone. What about for and, the, you know how, like, remember when Ryback and Curtis Axel became Axel and they just took their themes and just meshed them together? What if they take yeah. the IC championship theme and the heavyweight championship theme, and so the new belt just gets those two played right at the same time? What do you think? It <laughs> <laughs> just sounds like shit. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and I'll also say, like, whilst I don't hate the new design, they're still not as cool as the two big golds that Ibushi was carrying, you know, before last night. So, yeah, uh, I'll get used to it, I guess. That's uh, fine. Yeah. For me, it's the legacy stuff that really fucking annoys me. I like a bit of history. I like, I like them fighting over something that has been – fought for long and hard for a long time and uh yeah so jay must feel the same way because he's like oh well fuck this i'm going for the never title that belt's got some history exactly on it. you've doomed us all is what he said that was amazing yep. i mean he's cut some amazing promos about this and he's not even like feuding with abushi <laughs> so no it's uh yeah. they're planting seeds obviously and down the line this will this is gonna lead to something it always does and if that is something fun and different maybe the introduction of yet another belt or something like that i don't know um but i just have a feeling that this is making room for something i've heard some wild theories you want to hear one of the wildest theories i've heard um yeah this is that that wwe has put some kind of world worldwide patent on the word intercontinental championship and that they had to do this because they had to get rid of that belt and so they decided to merge them that's i you heard. know <laughs> that's a crazy theory yes but fuck me that's in the realm of possibility I mean, because there are a bunch of assholes that would do something like that it's true um you know but i don't i don't think you can you know whatever i don't think you yeah. can copyright that but maybe you can i don't know i that's some crazy theory i saw i mean and i i've the thing that kind of blows my mind and this this is thought is not all the way formulated in my mind so uh, i'll try not to wander but um we watched a match this week kenny omega versus okada in a big part of the 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 like pumping up of that match is the idea of who's going to lead um, you know, New Japan into the future. Who's going to be the one to help them expand, right? And it's like sometimes this happens in wrestling, and I could be wrong about this, is that ideas come and they know they want to do an idea, but it, something happens to stop that idea, and then they have to do it later because they know it's a good idea with somebody else that doesn't make nearly as much sense. For example, what if Kenny Omega, when he finally won the Intercontinental Championship, or the uh, the the... The heavyweight, yeah. heavyweight championship that he did something like this and and that was like <clears throat> his deal and that would have made a lot more sense because he's like the new you know the new leader of the company and and he wants to change things and everything and like abushi it only makes sense in the in the fact with abushi is that he is the king of crazy ideas you know he always has the crazy side he's the, like if anyone ever wrestles on the moon it's going to be abushi first that's the absolutely you know and uh i mean he's like had matches on a pile of dirt in a train, all kinds of crazy shit. And so I get that, but I just, this doesn't fit him at all to me. And I just feel like that he doesn't look like he wants to do this at all, but that's me. I don't know. What he, do you think? he strikes me as a guy who really respects 
history and like the lineages and all that kind of stuff. Like you, you know, you hear him talk about like his influences and all this kind of stuff. That means a lot to him, and yeah, it does feel kind of out of character that he'd be like, yeah. I want to turn these into one title. Yeah, yeah. It's heel shit. And it's the first time he's held the title as well. And, like, for the first time he's held the title, he wants to do that. Whereas, like, you've got all these other guys who've made broken records with those titles. And, yeah. I mean, what if, they didn't, uh, what yeah, if like, they, they were going to put the belt on Jay um, at Wrestle Kingdom, but they decided not to for whatever reason, and then they entered some kind of contract negotiations with him, and this was going to be his story, you know, because that would make fucking sense, because he's the one who would shit on the lineage of everything and be like, fuck this, this is clearly a heel story. And, like, yeah, you know, because the baby, I mean, like, Tanahashi to is, gonna, yeah. he's, like, you know, suicidal right now over this, and it's like, making Tanahashi upset is heel shit. That's the heelest shit you can do, ever. I don't understand. Yeah. Man. It doesn't make any sense, man. <sighs> no. No. <laughs> what else? Yeah. You got anything else on this or, or can we can we be happy? I, I have several things to make us happy uh, tonight and, you know, or today, whatever it is. Um, but, I mean, I don't want to cut you off what? if you have more thoughts on this. One, one last thing. Not only have they introduced the new belt. But the first match for it, I have no fucking interest in whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, just... I got no fucking interest in that guy versus God. Uh, I love God in the ring. I think, like, yeah, you know, I might brag in him a bit and all this title stuff. But if you don't like his in-ring, you're, you're fucking insane. Like, what, what, what are you doing watching wrestling? But you know what? I don't. don't want the first defense for that belt to be with, with yeah that fucking guy what if he wins it oh boy yeah <laughs> what if he fucking wins it because oh, you were telling me don't worry dude shingo's got this and i, and I messaged you i'm like what if he wins that's why i'm scared dude yeah. what if he wins and here we are he fucking won yeah yeah you're yeah. right you're right and that was my last point. What, what if Abushi was just sitting there and he's watching TV and he's thinking about like, you know, I got this belt, I got the other belt, but I mean, Por que no las dos? why not both? Yeah. Well, he didn't want both, like like the Taco <laughs> Girl. He wanted one. I was gonna work that in somehow. And then you got one motherfucker who, who comes out sometimes with three belts on him. Yeah. And he's not complaining that, oh, I've got too much gold and it's heavy. <laughs> okay, Luke, do you want to hear about what Sakura is or do you want to hear a Kojima tweet? Because here's what I'm thinking. We can do one of those and then we'll learn about uh, or we'll go over night one here and then we'll do the second segment, whatever that's Kojima tweet or what is Sakura. Let's go with Sakura first okay. and then cool. break up the nights with Kojima. Yeah, because the Kojima tweet's pretty awesome. There were so many Kojima tweets this week, I had to pick one, and I'm very upset because there were was, there was several I left on the cutting room floor that I don't want to. But anyway, okay, so this is the time of year. Every year they call this Sakura, and so obviously we have Sakura Genesis, and 
you know, I don't know what the, you know, genesis, I guess that's a rebirth, that's a new thing or whatever, but I'm not going to talk about that. What I'm talking about is Sakura. So Sakura is a widely uh, celebrated thing in Japan um, in literature, poetry, art, um, and it carries layered meanings. What it is, is it is the name for cherry blossoms. So this time of year, cherry blossoms bloom in Japan. It's usually in, um, you know, in late March or early April or something like that. And it is kind of a, you know, there's a lot to what it means. And, and basically, you know, because the Sakura, it has these layered means, for example, because the bloom, uh, they only bloom briefly, the blossoms are often seen as like a metaphor for the ephemeral beauty of living, um, the fact that it's a fleeting thing. And at the same time, the joyful tradition of Hanami, which is flower viewing, it's a very, very old and ongoing tradition. Uh, that's that's a big deal in Japan. It's like a, it's like bird watching or something in America. It's like, you know, it's probably something old people do. But um, the practice of, uh, of the viewing of the flowers and the blooms was first associated with uh, plum blossoms before becoming almost exclusively linked to the cherry blossoms uh, during the Heian period, Heian period, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, between 794 and 1185, a common era. Um, and uh, with wider exposure to Japanese art and culture in the 19th century, audiences in U.S. and around the world, even Australia, embraced Sakura as a particularly Japanese cultural hallmark. As I was driving home today, um, I went and picked up a guitar from a guitar shop that they were working on my guitar, and I, on my way home, I noticed something I'd never noticed before, Luke, that the cherry, uh -huh. the cherry blossoms are blooming here too. And, they're, uh, and there's lots of them, and I didn't ever really notice that. And I stopped, and I took a look, and I smelled the roses, as they say, and man... I like that. I really like that. Just the idea of stopping your hectic day, whatever, and looking at a flower and appreciating it because tomorrow those blooms are going to be gone. You know, I mean, that's fucking cool. What do you think of that? I really like it. I also really like that uh, this big macho promotion like New Japan Pro Wrestling is doing pretty much a show uh, dedicated to flowers. Yeah, it's fits into the pageantry of wrestling and all that kind of stuff too. I kind of like it as well. Well, you were telling me this over uh, on on the on the on the chats over during the week. I was like, "Oh, that that's pretty cool." Then I messaged you I'm like, "You got to do flower talk on the show." And you're like, "Flower talk? What the fuck's he talking flower talk?" <laughs> Hashtag flower talk. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Next time <laughs> One we thing do... I didn't expect when we started this podcast is you know, a segment where one of us talks about flowers for a couple minutes. <laughs> hey, I'm like, well, that's pretty cool. You know, I wonder if Master Watto knows anything about flowers. We'll have to ask him. And, you know, Makabe might know about flowers. And, you know, who else I know does is, uh, is uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Down Under Tanahashi. That dude knows all about <laughs> flowers. That's a fact. <laughs> we haven't heard from him in a while. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! So there you go. There's Flower Talk, first uh, first edition of Flower Talk, and um, you know we'll be uh, we'll be getting into some fun stuff here. But we got this first show at Kurgan Hall, right? Yep, we do. It's Road to Sakura Genesis Night One. Yep, we're at Kurgan Hall for both nights, and we start with uh, this is weird for my brain, but it's uh, it's 
uh, what did I write? Kiss. What that? Where's my brain? It's kid, not kiss. So it's uh, Gabriel Kidd, Yu Uramura, and Yoda Suji. God, my notes. And and Master Wato yeah, yeah. versus all four members of LIJ. <laughs> and Naito's about as excited for this match as we are because he <laughs> takes his sweet-ass time coming in the ring. And I'm thinking, like, at least he didn't wear a suit to the ring or uh, <laughs> we, <laughs> it'd take even longer for him to get ready for the match. That's fine stuff, but... Uh, my favourite part was seeing yeah, Yu Uramura do the O'Connor Bridge on Sonata, yeah. which was fun. Uh, of course, that's a two count. But then Sonata does it to him <laughs> for the one, two, three. How shitty is and that? That's uh, so funny. Yeah. <laughs> you suck at that move. Here's how you do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and Naito kept putting Suji in brabs, like right and left. He did that on both nights. He was fucking with yeah. Suji big time. He had him on the outside after the end of the match in a brab, <laughs> which made me fucking chuckle. <laughs> well, it's funny. You know, Suji has not been playing uh, whatever that game is because he could he doesn't know that escape. And I don't know if it works on a high angle brab. So, you know. Yeah, he's got to work on his leg strength. Plus, they're not letting a young line do that leg no. move. There's no way. No, that would be hilarious. <laughs> but no, no. <laughs> Oh, my God. And then next we've got uh, yeah, Ryusuke Taguchi, Tiger Mask, oh, mm. and Show versus Yoshinobu Kanemaru, Despy Dose Belts, and Doki. And look, he's a guy that doesn't mind holding two belts. Kind of likes it. Yeah. In fact, uh, he does like it because it makes him look awesome. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, there's two major things I want to mention in this match. Yes. <laughs> One of them is, where the fuck is Yo? Oh. Uh, they're dangling Yo as a red herring. And uh, a gentleman on the Tweety, I, I'm sorry, dude, I can't remember your name, but uh, this credit's all for you. He responded to me on night two and said, what if it's not Yo that's going to laundry? What if it's actually show? And uh, I was like, ooh. Uh, I don't think either member are going to the Empire, but uh, you never know. Uh, we'll find out on Sunday because so, that's when they're revealing it. Someone else tweeted at Remember? us, and I wanted to punch him in the face as they tweeted, oh, um, he's not there because he was a no-show, and they spelled it S-H-O. And I was like, oh, I'm going <laughs> to kick you in the face. I'm putting you in a brab, whoever you are. That's, that's fucking funny. And... Uh, Kudos to whoever tweeted that because uh, no. I like puns no. and that was really hilarious. Uh, but there's another fucking hilarious part in this where Taguchi and Doki are outside <laughs> and Doki tries his best to shove his metal pipe up Taguchi's ass. And I'm like, um, what are you, what, 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 what are you, what are you what are you doing? What are you, what are you doing to that man? Stop that. <laughs> I was immediately trying to find Gino. And Gino is no longer on Twitter for some reason. I don't know what happened, but he's on Instagram. So I I uh, immediately tweeted, Doki Pokey! Doki Pokey! And then sent that to him on Instagram, and he gave the hand clap, bravo, to us. So um, Doki Pokey is now a thing, and uh, it's in the butt. So... Yeah. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> uh, yeah. And you mentioned this 
to me uh, that uh, Tiger Mask turns up just a job. <laughs> he does. And, but, and he was on Instagram just like he – there was a picture of him on Instagram looking all upset and it just says – it's like all this Japanese on the, on the bottom and if you hit translate, it just says shit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, look, if, if you're coming in for a random show to job, it doesn't look too bad to job to Despy Dose Belts. So that's true. There, there is that. <laughs> you know, it's – Tiger Mask looks – rough man I mean, he doesn't physically look rough but his wrestling skills oh my god i just feel terrible for him and i know he's shaking off the ring rust and everything but good lord it is it's rough and um i just i i don't want him to retire because i love tiger mask but liger has retired already it may be time for tiger mask to move on and if that's the case, he's going to probably be in one more bet, best of Super Juniors. And, man, he's got a lot of work to do before he gets ready for that shit because, damn. Yeah. Yeah. It, I get excited to see him and then, yeah, it, it is what it is. But uh, he eats a numero dose uh, at the end. He, he taps out. And taps Jesus out. Christ. But I thought it was really cool. Yeah. Uh, the match with uh, some of these men the second night is even better, I would say. And then uh, we are on to our third match, which is uh, Yoshihashi, Tomohiro Ishii, Hiroki Goto, Toru Yano, the King of Pro Wrestling, and Kazuchika Okada versus Evil Kenta, or oh, well, the Evil Sleepy Rogue Shredder Pimps. So uh, <laughs> Evil Kenta, Fale, Shredder, and uh, Yujiro. Yeah, I'll still call him Shredder. Uh, it's... <clears throat> And I really like this subplot of uh, Kenta fucking with Yoshihashi with the cane. He's always fucked with Yoshihashi. I remember when he opened his brief United States briefcase one episode, and inside was a Yoshihashi T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, here's a guy that just loves to fucking troll uh, Yoshihashi. So anyone who doesn't give a shit about Yoshihashi, which is, I guess, most people listening <laughs> to this show... Uh, probably thinks Kenta is really fucking funny and awesome right now. And as someone who does like Yoshihashi, I would say, yeah, he's pretty fucking funny and awesome. Here, here's, so, yeah. here's some fan fan headcanon for you, too. Um, the reason why Juice has been um, feuding with, with Kenta for so long is because of the hate versus Yoshihashi, because we know Kenta loves Yoshihashi. He is, in fact, the Ichiban sweet boy. So That's it. Oh, so he's doing him a solid. That's nice. But yeah, uh, Yano does this spot in most of his matches, and we've all seen it. Like someone throws him into the ropes, and then he ducks under the top rope and goes, hey, 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 back away, back away. Well, this time he does it, and then Dick Togo's right behind him and chokes him with a, a towel. And I was like, hey, that was pretty sweet. That's, that's, a, pretty a, that's a bit creative there. I was like, all right, I haven't seen that before. I don't know if it's ever happened. Maybe it has. But I was like, yep, that's a nice little heel spot there. I really like it. It's, and I, I know this is a goofy – it's turned into a goofy spot, but I fucking love it. It's the, the Bullet Club chain stretch, and this one was pretty freaking <laughs> was epic as well. They're so ridiculous, but <laughs> I really fucking love them. Now, I'm watching this match, and I'm thinking – Oh, man, poor Ishimori. What are you going to do him dirty like that? Because I'm thinking it's either Yoshi getting pinned here or Shredder. But uh, I'll let you uh, explain the finish, Mr. Andy, because oh, sure. uh, it's it's a finish that uh, I just imagine you were you waking up early, you're kind of tired, 
it's non-stop tag matches and you're just sitting there expecting a certain the match to go a certain way then the finish happens and i just imagine you uh being completely woke, awake jumping out of i don't know your chair or wherever you're sitting watching them the show and go fucking yes Here's like a, you've just I'll, watched I'll, the fucking title change or something i i did run around with my finger in the air um as usual um did a victory <laughs> lap you know i knocked on my neighbor's door who i've never talked to and was like hey fucking are you watching new japan and they're like who what and i just i just walked away but um the uh it's been strange ever since with my neighbor but um anyway here's directly from my notes it says Kenta uses Yoshihashi's pole on Goto, and Ishimori pins him. Ha 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 ha
And it must be nice to uh, be in a feud with uh, Tanahashi, and Tanahashi really likes working with you, so uh, must be really nice. <laughs> uh, I got to see something I really wanted as soon as I saw this lineup, and that's Machine Gun Chops on Jay White. Uh, so that was really cool. There's a fucking deep Urinagi on Kojima. It was really cool, actually, to see uh, Jay and Kojima kind of mix it up a bit. No kidding. Yeah, that was cool. And then uh, a gnarly-looking dragon suplex on uh, Kojima. I don't think Kojima was quite ready for how fast that fucking <laughs> suplex would happen. Because, damn. And it happened pretty fast. And then uh, Blade Runner on the bread man. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gato and Jado technically won a match, but it's pretty much Gato and Jado keeping the other two wrestlers distracted while yes. Jay beats up the third man. So, yeah, uh, I thought it was, uh, <laughs> it was super fun. I love that match, and I love Jado's shitty punches. They're the worst punches ever, and I love them. They're so funny to me. When he has a guy in a headlock, it starts punching him in the head. He does his wacky wind-up like he's a cartoon character. I love it. It's so funny. <laughs> And if you don't like it, he doesn't care. He doesn't care! <laughs> That's why his punches are shitty. He does not care. <laughs> That's right. Oh, man. That was fun. And then uh, to finish off the night, we got uh, Laundry Boys. Yeah, they've gone back to the, 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 their old name for me. Laundry Boys versus God, Honma, and Nagata. And I'm just like, Honma's in the main event, and Naito's in the curtain. Yeah. Jerk. My, what the fuck? <clears throat> Anyway, uh, Stormbreaker on Homma, and I was disappointed because I was hoping for a tour, and there's a, some kind of promo or whatever at the end, and I put it on mute because I don't want to hear that dude speak, <clears throat> and uh, I don't really do my <laughs> notes for that guy's matches either, so yeah, that's all I've got for that match. Okay, well then that means it's time for the Kojima Tweet of the Week, right? Kojima Tweet! So... Kojima's always tweeting, and my God, he was on fire this week, and it was out of control. But I, I can only, you know, do one. I mean, it's just you got. It's like it's Sophie's choice, and you got to pick one. And uh, you know, last week we were introduced to Kojima's dogs, and if you remember, they what they sound like. It's something like. <laughs> That is not going to get old anytime soon. Well, Kojima, this week, he decided to weigh in on one of the most uh, controversial topics in the on the internet. Uh, so here we go, our Kojima Tweet of the Week. It reads, quote, I used to be the same as you guys. I thought the pineapple on top of the pizza was a bad idea. But it I is. want you to try it. Life will no. change. Believe me, pineapple is a god, unquote. You're not allowed to wear, read bread tweets anymore, and I'm burning my I love bread shirt. Fuck oh. pineapple on pizza. <laughs> um, I don't like it either. However, I you know what pisses me off is when people want to get it on half a pizza because it, it bleeds over onto the other side, and yeah. I don't want my pizza tasting sweet unless it's like That's barbecue right. sauce or something and chicken. That's fine, but like. You know, I'm more of a savory guy. I don't really like sweet yeah, stuff as far as a main meal. So I think we're, we're on the same page. However, I don't hate someone if they like it. It's okay with me, you know. Um, mm. and plus, I don't want to get a baguette of death, so. That's right. Well, Charity likes pineapple okay. pizza, so, you know. So does that mean you have to get it on half sometimes and then it bleeds over to your half? Fuck no, I'll get my own pizza. Oh, my God, really? 
Yeah. You're that dude. Okay. I gotcha. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, what's for breakfast the next day? Oh, leftover oh, pizza. Sweet. Dude. I, I made pizzas. As a kid, I worked at a pizza place. And then I worked at another pizza place. And I made pizzas for like the first decade of my working life. And I'm fucking great at making pizzas. I mean, no one's made more pizzas than me except for people that, you know, are still losers. That works longer than 10 years. <laughs> right. Stuff, yeah. So, um, and, you know, I, I can make some amazing pizzas and stuff. Um, I, I took a lot of time off from it. But lately, I've been eating a lot of pizza. And it shows. I am fat as fuck. It's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. I'm, I'm really worried because I was I was losing weight pretty well like about a month and a half ago. And now I gained it all back. And um, man, I look like a fat fuck. So that's what I did. Well, if you put some pineapple on it, at least you're going to eat some fruit. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe if I put pineapple, I'll eat less because I don't like it. You know what I mean? What, so what's your go-to? What are you getting on your pizza? Because I have a very unique one. What do you usually get on your pizza? Well, there's a, a staple in Australia called the Aussie, which ends up being uh, ham, cheese, uh, and uh, egg, which I, okay. I quite like. Okay. But my local pizza shop does this really nice one. It's, it's called like the, the Buckley Street Special. It's got like chicken, feta, feta cheese, ham and the other cheese and some sun-dried tomatoes and shit, and uh, that's the one I usually get. So no sauce, huh? Well, the sauce, like, I guess, like, like it, yeah, well, they've all got that sauce on the base or whatever, but yeah. Well, my go-to, and this is really only at our local... And I like like thin crust. Okay, yeah, I I do too, although we have this place called Jet's, pizza that makes this this detroit style deep dish that is one of the most amazing things ever however that's one of those like special treats because it is heavy duty in like one piece you're good two pieces you're good uh, eat any more than two pieces and everything inside you turns to liquid and you have to run to the bathroom so um but uh <laughs> the the one i like is we have this place called the roses um uh that's a local place and anyone else who else Anyone from anywhere else in the in the world that eats it is like this is garbage. I had a guy um, refer to it as painted cardboard once, um, but because uh, <laughs> it's like unleavened bread and it's a thin crust, so it kind of tastes like those little church mint th- things that they give you, and they're like, "Hey, this is Jesus's, you know, skin." I swear to God, um, those <laughs> things, which that's kind of weird, right? Why eating? Why eating the skin? Anyway, so. <laughs> But it's I get that, and then I get double provolone cheese, double, not extra, fucking double. All right, you better double it. It better be double. And then um, chopped up salami on top. Salami is uh, greater than pepperoni. My um, so my my father in law's partner, like we're all with my father-in-law having some kind of meal or whatever together and she orders a fucking pizza and asks for less less cheese and i was just like what the fuck (laughs) she's a psycho that was (laughs) yeah so uh (laughs) long pizza discussion here but let's do let's do it road to sakura genesis night two yes and we're back at Corican Hall again. So here we go. I won't, excuse me, spend as much time on it as because we've already spent a bit of time on it. But new title reveal. 
and I can barely look at it because it's ugly? No, uh, because the fucking light keeps reflecting off it and it's <laughs> blinding my eyes. I have to wear fucking sunglasses when whoever comes out with that belt makes his entrance. <laughs> fucking hell, it's shiny. Can't fucking see it. My eyes. You have to put sunglasses The goggles, they took nothing. Put that, you know that like, uh, that shit that the, the sport guys put under their eyes to kind of keep the reflection down? You had to do that just <laughs> to look at the belt. Yeah, and... Uh, Fenrir on the Tweety said that uh, it looked like some kind of old comics logo, like something you get uh, uh, like uh, around the time the comics code uh, it became a thing. So, you know, around the, the 50s, 60s. And, yeah, I, I can totally see that. So that made me chuckle. And we'll move on because uh, I think we've talked a lot about that bloody belt. And uh, here it is, uh, another match that, is entertaining but kind of breaks my heart because uh, it's uh, Gabriel Kidd, Yu Yorimori, Yoda Suji, and Tiger Mask versus fuck man, all four LIJs and the curtain <laughs> fucking jerker. They don't have anything for any of the LIJ guys to fucking do. That's a whole faction with nothing. What the fuck? All right. So <clears throat> yeah, I'll I'll calm down. There is a Tiger driver on Naito, which is kind of cool. But I mostly remember this being more of a Naito-Suji match. And that's uh, really fun. Yoda gets plenty of offense in before. Like, is the Esperanza always off the top rope? I don't know. Because that looked... I mean, I am really bad sometimes at not knowing guys' movesets and being like, oh, look at that cool move. And then being like, oh, yeah, they've done that for years. And I'm like, oh, shit. Because I, <laughs> that happens to yeah. me a lot. It's just because I think I watch so many different guys or have over the years that I kind of mix everybody together in my mind. But, I mean, that move looked fucking amazing, right? Yeah, it did. And then uh, then, then there's a fucking brutal-looking high-angle grab <laughs> on uh, Yoda Suji by Naito. And uh, Yoda taps out at the end of the match. For a second. <laughs> no, oh, God, I'm sorry. Yeah. So at the end of the match, Naito wants Yuya Uramura to raise his hand. <laughs> Yuya breaks his hand free and just chops him in the chest instead, and Naito's laughing his ass off. <laughs> Fucking loved it. So, yeah, so they're in the curtain jerker, but they're still uh, entertaining. Yeah, Naito gave Suji, like, a little bit of hope. He gave him, like, a little bit of slack, like, maybe he could reach the ropes, and you could see him just laughing, and he's like, nah, man. <laughs> It's a fucker. You're going to tap out to the brab. That's what you're doing. He's definitely trolling Suji, isn't he? That's good. Yeah, I love it. And uh, next we've got uh, Master Wato, Ryusuke Taguchi, and Sho, where is Yo, versus Doki, Kanemaru, and Despi Dose Belts. And uh, what the fuck, man? Sho's not, not in a good mood tonight. No, this is crazy. Fucking show kicks Desperado's fucking ass right at the start. Like, emphasize, emphasize and kicked his fucking ass. Because he's kind of knocked out. And Watson and Taguchi have to hold him back. They're like, Jesus Christ, dude, relax. It's a, it's a house show, brother. <laughs> real, I thought for a second he was really out. Because they, yeah. you know, the ref was protecting him with his body. Like, brother, get the fuck away. And, um, you know, then he picked him up. And I could see him kind of moving a little bit. But, man, Desperado played dead. Kanemaru even comes around on the outside, walks over to El Desperado and just pokes him. Like, okay, <laughs> you awake? 
Do you know Wake what? Up. Have you ever heard of the Iggy? You know what that is? Mm-mm. So there's this thing in wrestling called giving the Iggy or getting the Iggy. And what it is, you'll see it all the time on WWE more so than New Japan. What it is is that when a big move happens or if the ref is wondering if the wrestler's okay, he grabs his hand. He likes, he doesn't say, Hey, are you okay? He walks over and grabs his hand and then, and then they squeeze his hand to let him know he's okay. And that's called getting the Iggy. So there you go. Okay. I thought the ref just liked holding hands, but yeah. Now you, you won't unsee it. You'll see it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it happens that is true. constantly. And it's like, you don't, you, you know, if you don't notice well, it, you wouldn't know what's happening. You know, there's another thing I notice all the time and I can't unsee because you've been right. A hundred percent. Now I'm night one. It was who got pinned night one? Was that it Yuya? Was Yuya and yeah. he jogged the ring. Yuya right? Omura ran to the <laughs> ring, and I'm like, well, he's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> and that shit's hilarious. <laughs> Unless you are drunk, Jake, uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. You know that's the only time you're allowed to jog to the ring and not lose. That's how that works. So that's right. So uh, back to the uh, Suzuki Goon Randos match. Uh, I'm sure other wrestlers did stuff in this match, but the whole time I'm just looking all around just to see what Show and El Desperado were doing because they just won't stop kicking each other's asses. It was pretty <laughs> fucking awesome. Uh, but, you know, shock arrow on Doki for the Aww, win. No Doki Pokey. I thought that match was awesome, man. That yeah, I thought that was really good. In fact, I don't know, Luke, what do you think? Seal of approval? <laughs> yeah, why not? Never as it's like Knight Rider at the end. <laughs> <It's so weird. laughs> and uh, next we've got another another Chaos Ball Club match. We've got Yoshihashi, Goto, Ishiyano, Anakata versus uh, Pimpy, Evil, Kenta, Fale, and Shredder. And uh, Evil turns the lights off. What? And, uh, and on again, and then uh, everyone's surrounding Yano, and they beat him up. <laughs> that was funny. I like that they they get one Bullet Club guy in the Chaos drums, then they get Farley into the drums, and then after as they're dr- drumming on his back, he starts punching everyone out, and so he punches his way out of it. I thought that was cool. The Carter slams Farley, and is that to show everyone that his back's not fucked? I don't know, but uh, please don't do that. Yeah, don't hurt yourself, dude. He's trying to bury Yano too, because Yano could yeah. bear, never do that, right? Unless he kicked him in the balls, and he's like, "Check it out, Yano. I'll just do it. Fuck you." <laughs> he does don't go for the tombstone, uh, but uh, of course he's not. Farley's not getting slammed we, twice. You Bullshit. know that's death. Well, I haven't watched Farley versus Okada. Uh, it's been, I think they have two matches, singles matches, and uh, as far as for titles, and uh, I wonder if he hits that. That's I'll have to watch one of those. I, maybe not anytime soon, but maybe one day. Yeah, uh, th- there's a pretty nice looking. Uh, top rope headhunter by uh, Yoshi onto Kenta. Off, Luke. No, and <laughs> and then uh, and then uh, Kenta tries to use Yoshihashi's pole because he's stolen it, of course, to to win. He misses. That's okay. Pimpy's got his back. He hits him with his pimp cane, and then uh, game over on poor Yoshihashi, and he, he taps out. So it uh, looks like the trio that will be wrestling uh, Yoshi, Goto, and Ishii will be Kenta, Shredder, and Michiro. 
I don't mind seeing uh, Kenta and Shredder with the six mans, but man, I would it would suck for me for Yoshihashi to lose that is t- that title of his to fucking pimp juice. Ugh. You know what? You know who's missing? Yeah. You know who needs to be in that match instead of Pimpy? It's fucking ELP, man. I, there was a time where I did not like ELP. I didn't care about him, and now I miss him. I'm like, I miss him terribly. I'm like, come on, come back. You were so much fun. But that uh, triple threat match really turned you on him, didn't it? it? It did. That was really, really good, man. Uh, gosh, yeah. I forgot how good that was. That was good shit. And of course, after the match, like uh, Bullet Club beat the shit out of Chaos. And uh, next, we've got uh, Honma, Nagata, and Tanahashi versus Jay, Gato, and Jado. This is fucking fun stuff, too. But uh, this, and yep, it's just past 10 in the morning. So Ashley's just started meowing because she knows it's food time. Uh, hopefully, won't be too much, but that's okay. Uh, where am I? Oh, yeah, it mostly turns into a Honma Switchblade match. And you watch the two of them, and it just like I always go back to that Sonata Honma match where Sonata was smooth, fast, quick, and just made Honma look like a fucking fool for 15 minutes. Whereas I see Jay wrestle with him and also Naito, and they're also fast and smooth and. And all that, but they kind of worked with him, right? There's so a, I feel there's this yeah. art, and I mean, I don't know how they do it, but it's the art to waiting without looking like you're waiting. You know, some some offense requires an opponent to stand there and wait, and so especially when you're wrestling Hanma, because it takes him forever to do whatever he's doing. Mm-hmm. And so Jay did a really good job of waiting without looking like he's waiting. You know, it that was really good. I really liked it too, and. Uh, yeah, so there was pretty cool back and forth. Uh, he keeps going for Takeshi's, and Jay keeps rolling the fuck out of the way. <laughs> so I did like it. Like he, like you could watch them and go, well, okay, well Jay's the better wrestler, but he didn't make Honma look like a fool, which is what I like. I don't, I know I rag on wrestlers all the time, but I don't like seeing wrestlers look like absolute jokes, well, uh, unless they're a joke character, I guess. I don't know. Or Goto. <laughs> yeah. Okay, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, you know, th- that guy, Mr. J. White, he knows his job, uh, but uh, he's been wearing the shirt, and also Gator has been wearing the shirt as well, uh, the TTO shirt, the Tanahashi tap out, <laughs> and he makes Honma tap he out, does. so it's the HTO tonight. <laughs> Fucking, that was great. Like, for some reason, I had it locked into my brain that if we're getting Tanahashi versus Jay. It's probably going to happen at Sakura Genesis. But Jay, oh, now this is where Jay, after the match, goes, I want your belt, dude. I'm challenging you. I'm challenging you. I've beaten you. I want I want to fucking go for your belt. Then Tanahashi's like, nah. <laughs> and so Jay White turns around with and with Jado's kendo stick and just fucking whacks Honma with it in the back. <laughs> and Jay's like, apologize to him. Tanahashi's like, what? Apologize to him. That's your fault. You said no. <laughs> Look what you and made he gets me hit. Do. That's yes. your fault. Apologize to Honma. <clears throat> and <laughs> so what's the next Road 2 shows after Sakura Genesis? What are they called? Is it Wrestling Dontaku? Is it that? All right. So. Because that's in May. 
So we're going to get a lot more Jay and Tanahashi. I'm not complaining. But uh, I am excited for that Never Match already. So I was like, come on. It's not official yet. Like, what the fuck? I do, uh, I do love that when a heel, you know, especially when he does that to a crowd member, says, oh, this is your guy, this is your guy right here, and the crowd member's, like, cheering the guy on, and they beat the heel beats up the good guy, he's like, you did that, that's your fault, <laughs> to the crowd <laughs> member, that shit is amazing, that's good heel shit. Yeah, so, I guess it's either gonna be, uh, that, that never match will be on, maybe on one of the road to uh, uh, Don Taku, or it'll be at the main Don Taku show. Who knows? All I know is it's not the feud's not ending this Sunday, so I get more of it. That's so fun. Yeah. they'll change it up too. This this is going to go back and forth on a will they won't they oh, yeah. for a while and stuff. It'll be fun. Yep. And then our main event is Ten Cozy and God versus Laundry. God comes out with his new title, mm. and uh, Kamigoye on Cobb for the win. Wow. Okay. Take notes on those matches. Yeah. Hey, I know I know Mr. Bread's in it. I know Tenzan's in it. I know uh you know there's Cobb and uh um Great Khan as well, but you know, I just I just don't take notes for uh, that guy's matches. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just don't. So uh yeah, like he can pull out a million star bangers with uh, whoever he wants. Uh I don't give stars. a fuck. Oh my goodness. Well, Luke, we talked about all that. We talked about the flowers. We talked about Kojima's tweets. We talked about the wrestling and the new belt. What's left to talk about, but our weekly match recommends and, um, you fucking knocked it out of the park. I knocked it out of the park. Mine was easy, but yours was awesome too. Tell me about your uh, recommendation from last week. All right. So it is the so many mullets match. (laughs) With, uh, with, uh, now you've been trying to school me how to say this name correctly. It's, uh, uh, Kensuke uh, Sasaki or Sasuke. I, I just trust your instinct. I thought I was right. And then I was wrong. I don't know. Look, the guy who's held all the major golds, uh, Kensuke, or, uh, but you know who I'm talking about listeners. He busted the fuck out of Yuji Nagata on a recommend match a few weeks back that was recommended to us. So if anyone wants to send match recommends to the never open podcast, do it at never open pod at gmail.com or you know where to follow us on the tweeties. Uh, always include two recommends just in case we've already covered one of the matches that you've picked. So yes, this is, uh, Kensuke Sasaki and Steven Hiroshi versus Scott Steiner and Rick Steiner. It's 91 Starcade in the Tokyo Dome from the 21st of March, 1991. And this is Power Move the Match. It's 15, well, 14 minutes of these four big burly men doing power slams, suplexes, uh, and just tossing each other about for the whole time. Like there's very few submissions. There's very few strikes or punches. There's, there's a couple. There's a really gnarly clothesline by uh, Kensuke onto uh, Scott Steiner. But uh, <clears throat> this, this match, man, like all four of them, like Stephen Hiroshi, I don't know much about you, mate. So you might be the Marty Jannetty of this tag team. So I have no idea, but he does a Cesaro swing. He, he, 
he pulls out all these other kind of cool suplexes too. There's one point where Kensuke uh, superplexes uh, his own tag partner onto Rick Steiner. <laughs> so that's fucking funny and really cool. Uh, you got Scott Steiner putting Hiroshi in a submission going, you're not going anywhere. And then lets the hold go after in about two seconds time. Uh, but maybe he was just yelling at Stephen about his career, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I have not heard many times uh, the na- that name come up, which is a shame. Like, I I thought he was – like, he wasn't shit. He was pretty cool. Like, yeah. you got every kind of su- – I was really happy watching this because I like seeing power moves and suplexes and stuff. Suplexes, urinagis, oh, my God, all this kind of stuff. There's a super bulldog at the end by uh, the Steiner brothers onto Stephen Hiroshi and then a Frankensteiner for the win uh, by uh, by Scotty. And, <clears throat> yeah, so this was a really cool match. The crowd's hot. It's obvious that the Steiner brothers are the heels here. Uh, these two, these, these four beat the shit out of each other. Some of the fucking power bombs and suplexes, the landings look like a big fuck you, like they really drove them into the mat. And I'm like, oh damn! Uh, so uh, it's the it's the kind of power bombs and shit you don't see too often these days. You still see a lot of those moves, but they don't put that extra fuck you on them yeah. because you know it's more about looking after each other now. In the '90s, it was a bit more. Now nah, you're going to take this, fuck you. So uh, <laughs> it was. I loved it. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Steiner brothers, especially pre um, them breaking up. Um, and uh, them going their separate ways. So uh, I love love them as a tag team. And, yeah, I thought it was awesome. What do you think? I loved it. Now, listen, about the match real quick, and this will sound like I'm di- like I'm talking shit about the match, but it's not talking shit. It's just this has zero psychology. It's dudes yeah. doing moves, and I liken it to the Young Bucks doing super kicks. That's what it is. And if you have no attention span and you love wrestling, you will love this fucking match because there's no there's no selling in this match. It's just it's just dudes killing each other, and then that guy getting right back up and getting hit with something else or hitting something of his own. Um, however, it's fucking awesome. I love it. It's so much fun. And uh, I learned a little bit about this show because I was like, what the hell is this show? It's called Starcade. And I was like, wait, Starcade's the like WrestleMania of WCW. So mm-hmm. I looked it up and it was billed as Starcade uh, in America. However, it's the WCW New Japan Super Show. Um, and there were like five or six of them, I think. So there, there are a few different ones. Oh, wait, no, there's three of them. Excuse me. And it's weird because... I, I don't I didn't get too far into the uh, history of it and everything, but the Steiners wrestled on the second one too, and I think we covered this match. This was the Steiner Brothers versus Sting and Great Muda, so we covered uh, that, yeah. right? So um, yep. and so there was like three race, years in a row they had these, and then they'd like kind of piecemeal them out and and show them on American television, build as something else, you know? So. Here are, um, oh, oh, this is the big news, though, okay? Lex Luger was originally scheduled to face Ricky Choshu, can't forget him, but Luger's contract with WCW didn't require him to wrestle in Japan, so he just didn't, and Tiger Jeet Singh took uh, Luger's place. And here are, so that's big news. 
But here are some of the folks and some of the matches that are on this show, because this show is a fucking goldmine. So the main event is Tatsumi Fujinami uh, versus Ric Flair, all right? So oh, and it's for the IWGP Championship, and Ric Flair is the NWA champion at the time. Um, we have uh, Great Muda versus Sting, all right? We got that Ricky Joshu versus Tiger Jeet Singh. Uh, here's uh, one of the probably worst matches, which I will tell you who won this one. It's two minutes and 16 seconds long, and it is El Gigante versus Big Cat Hughes. So I don't know who Big Cat Hughes is, but we know who El Gigante is, and oh my god, he is choke. That's all he can do is choke and look scary. <laughs> um <laughs> But this is kind of the match I'm most intrigued by other than the one we watched. And it's the four horsemen, Arn Anderson and Barry Windham versus Masa Saito and Masahiro Chono. That <laughs> is probably amazing. Other guys yeah. on this show, uh, Brian Pillman, Tom Zink, uh, Ligers on the show, uh, Flash Scott Norton, Vader, Bam Bam Bigelow, Ron Simmons, Butch Reed. I mean, this is a who's who of 90s wrestling and WCW on this. And, man, this show is a goldmine. So uh, thank you for allowing me to learn all that because I was like, what the fuck is this show? And it just kind of led down a little tiny rabbit hole. So pretty good stuff. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. Uh, I just, I guess I just wanted to, I, 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 we always, we do a lot of singles matches and recommends and sometimes we both like to pull out some tags. So yeah, Steiner brothers are always a sweet spot for me. And, uh, this is the second, uh, Kensuke match that I've put on. Oh no, I, it's the second one I've seen. I didn't recommend the first one. That was one of our dear listeners who did that. So oh, I nearly took his credit. What an asshole I am. But <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> Nagata bled uh, like a bucket. <laughs> yeah, crazy. I might have to at some point uh, do a deep dive on uh, Kensuke's New Japan matches because uh, I really like him. So, look, before your recommend deserves to be in the main event spot, so you talked about last. So, if you don't mind me, Mr. Andy, doing just a slight detour. Okay. Uh, the never open podcast sponsored a match for a unsanctioned pro show oh yeah and uh mr andy was nice enough to uh supply me with a copy of this match so i could watch it it is a friend of the show mr lexus montez versus aaron williams uh, at the start someone in the crowd yells out never as fuck so uh was that you or who was that i was I on commentary so. so it wasn't me no so and here's my first note, like, uh, I, I, listeners, don't think I didn't try to write down anything Mr. Andy said that might have been reminiscent of something lame like Life Makers, but he didn't say anything uh, really stupid. Like, he'll be his own harsh critic and say yeah. that he did, but uh, nothing he said was so distracting that, that you, like, you, you looked at the someone in the room and just met eye contact and like, what the fuck? But no, he was fine. So there's that. Uh, I thought this match was great. I uh, love, love the strike exchanges, lots of fucking kicks and shit at the start too. It's a really cool spot where Lexus sits Shibata style and uh, <laughs> waits for Aaron Williams to fucking kick him. I like how Aaron, Aaron Naito comes to the ring in the suit, takes his suit off. Match starts. Aaron Williams 
starts the match in a suit and takes it off slowly as the match progresses. <laughs> so, uh, yes. that, that, and I, I actually kind of like his uh, uh, Clockwork Orange gimmick. That's kind of nice, but he does remind me a little bit in 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 the face department of uh, Bill Burr. Okay, if, uh, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, that's not an insult, uh, or it is, depending on whether you like uh, Mr. Burr or not. Uh, he's all right. He's hit or miss, I guess, for me. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I liked Alexis sitting Shibata style, and uh, Williams fucking kicked the shit out of him like three or four times. And for the rest of that match, like the back of Lexus, the back of Lexus's back, fucking hell, Luke. <laughs> Lexus's back has. Uh, yeah, it's you can tell he just got kicked in the fucking back. <laughs> fucking hell. <clears throat> and uh, I marked out pretty big seeing Lexus do a poison runner, which is really cool. And I've, you might have, well, you've probably seen this pot kind of pile driver before, uh, Mr. Andy, but I haven't, so I don't know the name of it. But uh, Aaron kind of puts Lexus in the pile driver, like I'm about to pile drive your position, then reaches over and kind of grabs Lexus's legs and puts and crosses them and lifts him up by the legs, bang, pile driver, one, two, three. There's a lot of near falls and stuff too. I'm not I'm not calling all the spots, but I, I really liked it. Uh, it was super fun. Uh, the dudes fucking killed each other too, which is always great to see. So, uh, you know, uh, it only stands to reason, Mr. Andy, that a match sponsored by the Never Open Podcast should get the Never As Fuck Seal of I I really liked it. Uh, my one thing I'll say is the ring is really loud, and that's yeah. it. <laughs> sound, sound is tough to deal with in indies, especially when you're in a metal building with a con- over concrete. There's nothing to deaden the sound. So the crowd was quiet because there were barely any people there because they're trying to be safe. And, um, yeah. you know, and, and sometimes you can't quite hear me on commentary, which is fine with me. Trust me. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, the first thing I say is fucking stupid. And I'll let, you know, you guys, you can go on IWTV and watch this match on Unsanctioned Pro's, uh, you know, list of match or shows. It's uh, from the Hardcore Cup 2021, and we were sponsors on the show. And it was a lot of fun, and it was just good to get to a show um, I thought when I got done doing the commentary, I was like, well, that I did fucking awful and I'm going to go probably just punch myself in the face. Um, but it turned out it was okay. I just opened up with something really stupid that is just like I mixed metaphors, which is something I always like shit on people for doing. Um, but, um, I also slipped in a cliche, uh, that I make fun of others for doing, but I did it on purpose. So just for fun. But uh, I'm glad you liked it, man. It was, you know, those two guys are like my best friends in wrestling. Um, you know, I've ridden the roads with them. I've They've been on my old podcast a million times. Um, we've, you know, done just about everything there is to do except uh, kick each other. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and bow out if that ever uh, becomes something. Uh, we threatened to kick each other, but it's never happened. And uh, that's not going to go well for me. But I that's just because, dude, that would be like, all right, Mr. Andy, you can go first. Right, exactly. Then you better go first and fucking run, motherfucker. But they could probably run faster than you as well. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, and Aaron Williams has developed that gimmick over the years. Um, he's he's kind of to the point where 
you know, he's like one of the most talented guys in the area and he can do anything. Like he, he's just amazing. He's got a great mind for the business and all that stuff too. He's really smart. And he, um, is kind of doesn't give a fuck anymore. And so like his gimmick now is that he's unsigned and he doesn't care. He's dead inside. He's been dead for years and he just kind of wants to take that out on his opponents kind of, you know? And so that's kind of where the clockwork orange stuff comes in. And, uh, I'm really happy for Aaron because I've seen him change so much. When I first met him, he was bored with wrestling and he kind of didn't like it anymore. And he's changed so much over that time. And Lexus was in the same, a similar situation. When I first met him, he was going nowhere in wrestling and he was very disappointed in how he's been, you know, booked and treated and stuff. And I don't know that he's not still disappointed in that, but he's come so much, so far, and he's so talented. Um, Like, he gets the... You don't see... That that, that spot you talked about with the Shibata-style, you know, thing, that is not... You do not see that in independent pro wrestling. The strong-style stuff does not happen. And when it does... It's in power moves or there's 16 flips and all this stuff that goes in between those things. I don't mean these guys didn't do flips, but the the amount of strong style stuff outweighed a lot of that normal wrestling stuff. In fact, you know, one of the biggest normal wrestling moves in the match is a huge frog splash from Aaron Williams that go he goes like yeah. halfway across the well, more than halfway across the ring. And Aaron mixes that stuff in so that his Striking style is more palatable. And Lexus does the same thing with the Hurricane Ranas and the Reverse Ranas and stuff like that. And, you know, because if they just went out there and kicked each other, like if we if it was Ibushi versus Taichi, they, it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't play. You know, it wouldn't make waves like you would think it would. It just wouldn't. And that's just the way it is. But, man, I'm so glad you liked it. I could talk about this match all night because there's so much about it. You know, I watched it again today just to kind of refresh myself as well. And I picked out so many things and so many things that I could have done better. And, uh, you know, there's a chance that I may be on commentary again in the future. And who knows, that match um, has happened three times. And I hope it happens again sometime soon because those guys are like, you know, they're like brothers, like I said, on commentary. Yeah, they have really good chemistry. So, uh, yeah, I'd like to see more. So <clears throat> really cool stuff. So I thought I had to put it in there. Uh, Thank you. No offense, Mr. Uh, Montez and Williams, but uh, you know we have to put a certain match on on the main event. And you know I don't think Mr. Montez would be too mad. He is uh, apparently, allegedly, according to himself, a mid carder for life. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> That's fun. <laughs> All right, Mr. Andy, uh, go on by what you've been. Uh, messaging me and all that you've put a lot of work into this deservedly so what is your match recommend well okay so before i get into this i have three thousand notes on this but i'm not going to say three thousand things so it's just i i'm going to be concise as, as much as i can however this is our podcast i guess i can go as long as i want but i don't <laughs> i don't want to take everything from you i want you to say some stuff too about this because i'm very interested in why you find this to be good um so 
you know, we were having problems with uh, being shitty about things that are going on in New Japan, so I figured we need to go back to when it was at its peak. Um, you know, a lot of people would think that this is kind of New Japan's peak. I certainly do, uh, as far as since I've been watching it. And that's Wrestle Kingdom 11 uh, on uh, the 4th of January, 2017. It's the main fucking event. It's Omega versus Okada for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship and one of the greatest feuds of all time. So... I'm going to let you kind of talk about some of the, like, I don't know. Let's get into this. You fill in the gaps, I guess, and we'll go from there. But I, I just, we have a couple things just to talk about right off the bat. And that is that the pageantry of Wrestle Kingdom is, like, the main event is on full display here. We get, like, promo yeah. package. We get fucking video crazy shits. We get million, you know, Okada bucks falling from the ceiling. I mean, it is just pandemonium and it's what you want to see this is what makes things feel important if that wasn't there i don't know i mean this match would still be awesome but don't get me wrong it it's that makes it better all these things work together to make this one of the best matches of all time um steve carino and kevin kelly are on the call and they are dumbstruck for most of the match they don't know what to yeah. say they are because they know they're witnessing history they understand what they're, what they're witnessing means something in the overall world of pro wrestling, and they don't know what the fuck to say. And it's Dude, awesome. There's a, there's a moment where <clears throat> there's a major kick out or something like that, and um, Carino goes on about how him and Kevin Kelly just jumped the fuck out of their seats. Yes. And then across, across from them on the other side, is Masahiro Chono who sees them doing that and just gives a nod of his head going, yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Welcome to the so, motherfuckers. Yeah. That, fucking, that fucking moment was really cool. It, it, and you don't just see the fucking, or well, hear those two guys just being like, what the fuck? It cuts to the Japanese commentary a couple of times and their faces as well are just like, Jesus Christ. It's, and, yeah. And, you know, and, and this match starts off slow and it builds and it builds and it builds. And one of the things about it that's so amazing is because just when you think they've built like like they're building the house and just when you think they've got to the top floor, they add another floor. And then they're like, oh, no, we're going to add three more floors. And then this building is fucking, you know, two miles high by the end of this match. And you're like, I can't believe you just built this thing. That's kind of a shitty metaphor for it. But it's it's. I'm dumbstruck trying to talk about it because this is so meaningful for me and I love this match so much and reliving it worked. You know, it's like one, sometimes yeah. you go back and you look at stuff from your youth or it's from the past and you go, eh, it's not quite the same, is it? And it's not the same as watching it live. However, it works on the same level. It makes me feel the same things. It makes me jump out of my seat. It makes me dumbstruck. And it makes me understand why this is so important in a way that's difficult to explain. Um, here's a couple things, okay? Uh, there's all kinds of moves in this match. There's the the um, trend or the, the kind of trope uh, of Kenny Omega matches that begins here, which is him getting a table out and using that later in the match. There is the uh, gigantic uh, tope to the to the fucking outside into oh the crowd God. that is also a staple of Kenny Omega big matches going forward. And then there's Okada selling and Okada being generous. Um, there are many times in this match where there are these kicks um, and it's like 
Kenny Omega stiffs Okada, but he stiffs him in a way that's only okay in a match like this. You know what I mean? It's, 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 they've agreed. It's okay. We're going to kill each other. It's in, and that's what they do. Um, here's what I like to do because I have all these notes and stuff and I'm drowning in them, but I was starting to feel like they were getting towards the end. You know, I've seen this many times. And, and, and so I started kind of writing down moves and started, and I just kind of want to read this paragraph that I wrote here. And this is the finishing sequence of the match. Okay. It, yeah. Wait, and some of this is just move names. We got Tope, uh, you know, we got a uh, Tope, uh, with a dragon suplex. We got V trigger drop kick, reverse Rana V trigger in the ropes, block the rainmaker, rainmaker V trigger tombstone rainmaker, but Omega kicks out the announcers and the crowd lose their minds. Omega has nothing left. So he rakes Okada's eyes only to get sent flying, uh, by a shotgun drop kick yes. flying, uh, tombstone reversed into a bastard driver. He's calling out a oh you know, yeah. a little uh, thing there. Okada kicks out. Um, we get the boo yeah spot, trading forearm, snapdragon, running trigger, a running V trigger gets a two count. Then another V trigger. Okada fights out of the one winged angel and another and a second rainmaker for a huge double down, a knees and knees, but another rainmaker, reversals, and Omega hits uh, his own drop kick and a ripcord knee, like his own kind of rainmaker thing. The fucking the announcers are like, Bleh! they don't know what to say. Okada reverses again into a jumping tombstone. One final Rainmaker, and Okada wins. That is, they show these crowd shots after that. And the folks there know what they just saw. And they are losing their minds. There's people crying. There's, like, people standing, just fucking high-fiving strangers. And they show the, they have this, like, Legends panel of all these older guys. And all of them just have their mouths, their mouths are just open, staring at the ring, like, what is this? The thing that we used to do has changed so much, and it's changed for the better. This is incredible. The announcers don't know what to do. It's amazing, Luke. I love this match so much. I could go on and on. I could do this for an hour talking about this, but that's not what you guys signed up for. Why do you like this match, Luke? What do you think about it? Why is it so good? All right. I'm going to make uh, – let me just make one dumb joke. Uh, and it, it just struck me as you were talking about the uh, $12 billion Okada dollars raining into the <laughs> crowd. I wonder if anyone's gone up to Okada at a merch table and tried to buy a T-shirt off him with Okada bucks. Bam. One right. time, but we made uh, 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 Aaron Williams actually used to have this move that he called getting his money, and so we made uh, uh, like Okada bucks, but they were Aaron Williams' face on them, and um, we would throw him up in the air when he would get his money. It was like a clothesline on the outside. So, oh, nice. Uh, the other thing I want to say is, th- yes, this match is a fucking masterpiece, and what strikes me about these two men is there's never been. Neither man has ever been like one of my top guys. Like they're top guys. There's it's un, it's there's no doubt about it. But they've never been like my all-time New Japan favorites. However, I've loved matches with both of these men. Like a lot of matches with both of these men. So it, it's a it, so there's that, that there's there's that. Uh, this match is fucking insane. Uh, you didn't even mention one of my favorite fucking spots. And this is talk about a Carter being generous. Cause I, I would like Kenny comes up to me and he's like, 
Hey, dude. Uh, let's let's go nuts on this match, but also, can I give you a dragon sleeper off the, uh, suplex off the top rope? And my instant response to that would be, go fuck yourself, I'm not doing that. A <laughs> Carter's response is, yeah, okay. Because it fucking happens. And I'm just like, what? There's also a high angle German suplex by Okada onto... Kenny Omega, and I was just like, I don't see a lot of those. Well, probably with good reason, but holy shit. Uh, you don't see a lot of Germans from Okada, but this high angle one was just fucking phenomenal. Not only does Omega do that <clears throat> massive tope, but he also does this, what, fucking cross slash thing too. Uh, oh my God. It's just absolutely insane. Like, yeah, I, I, I would argue the match, as someone with a wondery attention span, and usually it's hard for me to watch matches where I know the finish because ADHD and shit, and I'm just like, all right, yeah, I've seen this before. Man, I got sucked in really quick, like really quick, because, yeah, the start might be slow, but they're not moving slow. These guys are moving pretty fast and fluid. You know, the chemistry is just off the fucking chain. There's an insane missile drop kick by Omega at one point into the back of Akata's head, <laughs> which is fucking crazy. Like, I guess these two kill each other to the point of, I don't know, most people have probably seen this match, but like they kill each other in kind of a similar style as like a Naito or Bushi would kill each other. Yes. Like these two just fuck each other up. And it's amazing, but uh, the story of this match is Omega just can't, cannot hit the one-winged angel on him. He just can't do it. He know everyone knows, like if he can just get that one move on him, it's over. <laughs> Excuse me, but he just fucking can't. Well, he can't even flips out of one. Yeah, just as he's going to, have to throw him on the one-winged angel, he fucking flips out of it. Devil. What the fuck? So, yeah, uh, this match is amazing. It's not even their best match together. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but that's the thing about this this series. And I, I know that we're, we're going to eventually uh, do all of these. Uh, there's four of them, isn't there? Uh, eventually, we're, we're going to cover all of these matches. Yeah. They're all fucking classics. They're all amazing. Uh, but you can't just start it like match two or three or four. You've got to start that the first one. It's a long story told over years. Uh, I think the only downside about this whole story to me is by the time Kenny Omega finally wins, he's on his way out. Yeah. So uh, his title reign is uneventful and really short, which is, you know, a bit of a shame. Uh, but, you know, Omega's doing fucking awesome now over at AEW. This is just, yeah. Uh, I dare anyone to watch this match and then say to me that it was all right. Right. Uh, just start, well, and we wonder why Okada's fucked up now. It's because of shit like this. You know yeah. what I mean? And Omega's had time off. Okada didn't get time. He got a little time off from COVID, but Omega's been able to wrestle when he wants. And good for him, you know, because he earned this spot that he has. Um, oh, hell yeah. A couple other just crazy spots in this match is that um, – Okada throws Kenny to the floor and then like over the barricade and then runs and does a running crossbody over the barricade. That's fucking amazing. 
Um, there's all kinds of heavyweight shit with strikes and stuff. Um, they, let's see here. I mean, there's there's so many. It, it, but like back to your point about that that drop kick in the back of the head. That's kind of the button on the match. That's like the that's the thing that when you see that that drop that missile drop kick to the back of his head that's when they kind of turn it up to that fifth sixth gear that we've talked about you know we haven't we haven't mentioned the gear metaphor in a while but this match goes to gears that we didn't know existed and that's why it's so <laughs> important and such a cool thing but but what's so crazy about those moves nakamura knee to the back of the head um the hidden blade uh the kamagoye to the back of the head the drop kick to the back of the head you cannot see that coming and especially when it's a it's not a running move, because, you know, if you're sitting in the ring, one of the reasons why the ring makes noise is is so that you can. I mean, that really plays a big part in wrestlers timing things. Sometimes you'll hear a guy do this before he hits a DDT. That's to help the guy time it. And it sounds cool and looks cool. And almost to the yeah, point tucked, now, you don't even notice tuck his head into position, all that kind of stuff. Right. So, you know, when someone's flying through the air and they're going to kick in the back of the head, you have no timing. You do not know when that's coming. And so it's so dangerous. They trust each other so much. It's a level of wrestling that, you know, is so, you know, so important to what we see now. And it changed the industry um, as far as, you know, how ma matches like this are done in the future. And yeah, it's awesome. I love it so much. I'm so glad that we got to talk about it. We could do a whole episode that's five hours long just on this. Um, I have so much more I could say. Hit us up on the Twitter and hit us up on email if you want to talk about this match more. And we'd love to hear what you think about it because it's it's one of those matches that can mean different things to other people. It's a it's a literal work of art. And you tweeted that at to me, or you you messaged me and said this is a work of art, and it's a work of art in the way that it can be interpreted different ways. It means different things to different people, and it's extremely meaningful no matter who you are. Um, I yeah. love it. I love it so much, that, Luke. And and that's another thing that makes me love this match even more <clears throat> is the fact that like I I love their wrestling. I can never take that away from them, and you know their personalities are fine too. But they've just Neither man has ever clicked for me as like, oh, he's my favorite out of all of the wrestlers. Yeah. Uh, but this is this them this this match is still like one of the best matches I've ever seen. So, like, it's that's a that's a testament to them too. So, like, if 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 you're a weirdo like me and you're like, oh, I like their wrestling, but you know they're just okay, you know, personality wise and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you'll still watch this and be like, oh, holy shit. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it's it's just fucking insane. And, oh, man, I, I just wrote Terminator entrance, this match is a masterpiece and a wild fucking ride. That's all I wrote in my notes. And so everything I've just mentioned talking about this match off the top of my head, I watched this last night because I'm re recording in my morning, and I didn't, I didn't need to write more than that. Uh, I could... As I could just remember, like massive drop kick, dragon sleeper off the top, like all this fucking crazy shit. It is amazing. Golden triangle to the crowd. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> if if you've seen this match, watch it again. Yeah. If you've never seen this match, uh, it, it's a must watch. It is like, I know it's not a never match, but we don't have a a sound effect for really great matches that aren't never matches. So. I don't know. Should we press the button?
clever as fuck. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Wow. Okay, well, we got to come down from that now. So, um... Uh, Luke, uh, you, you know, we're, we're going to keep going with mine, so I'll, I'll tell you what mine is here in a second, but uh, Luke, you have a match recommendation for next week, and I think you got something pretty cool, right? Yeah, I don't, did I tell you what I chose? No, you said that you found, you kind of oh, teased yeah. it at the beginning right. of the episode. Yes, so. all right, so I used a search function I've never used before, and I'll just quickly describe Please, it to the yeah. listeners. If you go on New Japan World, you can use the search function that's on the top. It's kind of fucking shit. Uh, but if you go scroll down a little bit, you'll see a part of the thing that says history and champions. So uh, I clicked on the Never Open Weight title. Fuck yeah. And it has a list of so many fucking matches. So I scrolled right down the bottom. I've, I'm like, yep, I've done Masato Tanaka. Yep. I've done Tetsuya Naito, yep, and I'm currently up to Ishii. And it lists in backwards order, I guess, from, uh, in, you know, it's got the most recent never matches at the top. You scroll down to the oldest matches. So the last never match I chose was Ishii winning the title. It was in February 11, 2014. It was against Tetsuya Naito because Naito was the second champion. Awesome and uh, Ishii won the match. Well, in and then uh, if you scroll up from where it says Ishii won the title, he's the third champion. If you scroll up, what you'll see is his other matches that he has for this title leading up to him losing it. And then it'll say fourth generation and it'll be the fourth champion's matches. And, then, and on the side, on the far right, it'll in, in, in a little circle, it'll say Japanese or English, and you just click on it, and the match will come up. So I'm like, holy shit, why haven't I been using that f- like forever? Because that's how I found the Steiner Brothers tag team match that we, we just Sweet. covered. Okay. So this is a rematch for the Never Open title. It happened on April 6th, 2014, and it's Tomohiro Ishii versus Tetsuya Naito at Invasion Attack. 2014. Awesome. Okay. I'm interested to see, because this is all leading up to the Hanma-Ishii feud, uh, which yep. is in late 2014, 2015, or 2015, 2016, I can't remember. So that'll be fun to check out uh, how that all comes to be. Um, and maybe, you know, it's not going to hurt us to go back and watch Hanma versus Ishii again. I fucking love that. Anyway. <laughs> no, no, it's not. <laughs> all right. So, well, yes, listeners, every now and again, uh, rather than choose some really old match or random stuff, I'll either go to my two go-tos, which seems to be AJ Styles matches or um, never open title matches from the start of the title onwards. And uh, we're up to the third champion, Tomaru Ishii. And yes, sorry to cut you off, Mr. Andy. What is your match recommend for next episode? Well, mine's obvious. It's Kenny Omega versus uh, Okada 2. Um, and that was on June 11, 2017 in Osaka Joe Hall. It's, uh, I don't know if, I think it's, I don't know if it's Dominion or something like that. I think it's Dominion. Anyway, um, it's, that's the date and everything. It's going to be another awesome one. Um, man, got a lot of memories with this one too. I can't wait to talk about it. Oh my God, Luke, we, we did it. We did it, man. This was a, yes. this was an emotional episode for some reason. I'm just all fired up from talking about Omega versus Okada. So. Yeah. And, uh, I was you know, we had a lot to say about uh, about the new title and 
all that kind of stuff. Uh, Mr. Charlton said on the Tweety that he thinks there's a correlation between people who don't like the belt and people who don't like the unification, whereas uh, I'm the contrarian. So uh, I don't mind a new title design. I just hate the unification. So that's, yeah. But uh, so, yeah, you know, I always have to be that uh, contrarian, as uh, Mr. Joe Negron would say over on S Smart Wrestling Fan. And uh, sometimes he's right. <laughs> All right. A lot grumpy, of times he's grumpy right. too, man. There yeah, Grumpy's got a grump, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So uh, I think we've shot a bolt. Uh, yes. I've still got the man on probation, uh, mostly because of this whole uh, uh, title match that we've got on the weekend. But, you know, in Gato, we trust. Pineapple is God. 